Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the uh, SCP Podcast, SC Podcast, uh, the S- Secure Contained Podcast, with me, Dave. Uh, not Dave is not here today, because um, we are bad at scheduling. <laughs> so, uh, it's just going to be me today. I'm going to be reading um, the next couple, um, I guess, sections of The Cool War. Um, hopefully, Soren will attempt to listen to this. Uh, so that he is somewhat caught up when it comes time for us to do the next episode. If not, oh well, uh, who knows. Um, yeah, we are uh, starting off um, this episode on uh, number 13, which is the Friday Exhibition. Uh, I don't remember entirely what happened last time. Um, I think it was mainly just progressing with this, the, the general story, which, like, fucking obviously. Um, so I'm just going to go from there. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I'm starting with the Friday Exhibition, um, number 13. What? Joey, why is there a pile of corpses here? I don't know, none of us were doing this. Arsehole tentatively poked one of the bodies. Pretty fucking metal. Well, yeah, but it's not really that clever. So, what, get rid of him? Nah, someone was working on this. We censor it. If we censor it, we're as bad as the man. Yeah, but at least, like, chuck a blanket over them or something, right? No, we work around the corpse pile. Fine, whatever. Arsehole tapped ash from the end of her joint onto the pile. Artists were still setting up their pieces in a series of courtyards and alleyways. Joey and Arsehole walked over to Overgain's collection of CRT screens and buzzing computer towers. Joey, Arsehole, shouldn't you guys be getting ready? I've got the food sitting out on tables already. Arsehole's waiting on Hero. Ah, cool. Joey, take a look at this. Whipped it up last night. Thought I needed something new. Overgang tapped a few buttons on the mechanical keyboard, triumphantly hitting the enter key. All screens display the same text. To Joey, who taught me how to be cool, and Overgang, who almost made it out. Joey, as in me? Well, yeah, and it only says my name there since I was the one who played it last. I'm flattered. What does it do? Keep watching. A scene appeared at of an a scene appeared of an oil tanker, a pixelated captain watching out watching out at the ocean as birds flew across the deep red sunset. Words scrolled to the screen saying the book of Tamlin. Damn, is everything in this game named after me? Well, no, not unless you're the one looking for it. The name sinks to the player's turn a minute startup. It was the Book of Dude when I played it before. So, what does it do? Play it and find out. Dude, I don't have time. Just tell me. I'll play it tonight. Spoil sport. It runs through your memories. Procedurally, it generates your life story and lets you replay through key points. That sounds cool. It is cool. I'm still getting a few more things ready, making sure these things aren't going to explode. Is that likely? Overgang shrugged noncommittally. Not really, but you fuck around with computers as much as this thing does. You make sure you're ready for anything. How's everyone else going? Well, uh, Nim- Nimmin's got his books up and running. Literally, I mean, his books are running all over the place, screaming out, Snape killed Dumbledore, uh, and stuff like that. He was building a tower of cards when we left. I don't know if that's actually going to be something, or if he was just bored. Arsehole interjected. Ah, uh, I think those cards were just boredom. Yeah, Nate and Kyle brought along Miley, too. Miley? Yeah, you know, Miley, from the thing in Alaska. Oh, that Miley. What are they working on? I actually have no idea. They're hammering nails in the ground and wrapping a bunch of string around them. You know, like one of those little kitty cat craft projects. Intriguing. Oh, uh, can you give this to FDF when you see them? Candace asked for me some asked me for some new synths, and I had a bunch lying around from years ago. Can do. See you night, dude. Arsel took the CD case and shoved it into her back pocket, then walked along the sidewalk with Joey. So, where to next? Well, I think FDF's setting up in the south courtyard. Let's meander that way. Meander? Joey, I love it when you use esoteric vernacular. The pair continued meandering. People were busy smearing posters over, uh, over the walls, twisting space through impossible structures. It was indeed a wretched hive of scum and artistry. They were blocked by a giant crate being whirled towards them, forcing them to sidle against the wall. When they passed, they saw the person who had been moving it, a school girl wearing a black dress and carrying a similarly dark parasol. She cheerily, she cheerily waved to the pair. Joey, a-hole, how's it going? Joey grinned back. Rita, we're good. What's in the crate? Oh, you know, bits and bobs, this and that. Mostly spiders. Arsol moved back from the crate, <laughs> hearing scuttling inside. And what will you be doing with your spiders, exactly? They do tricks. They're trick spiders. Well, I've never seen... I have not seen trick spiders before. Neither have I. They're invisible, too. Oh. Okay, then. No good place to set up? Joey scratched his chin. I think the West Courtyard's pretty free right now. Just take a left through there. Thanks, Joey. Come check it out tonight, okay? Sure thing. They walked away, the clattering sound of Rita's crate fading behind them. 
Arsehole, you're scared of spiders? A bit. Creepy little fuckers. Sticking webs everywhere. They're gross. They are a bit gross. Michael had this shed just filled with them. Whenever I went out there, he'd always... Arsehole's phones buzzed in her pocket. She pulled out the banged-up Nokia and read the note on the screen. Alright, here's here. We gotta set up. Here's a disc or whatever. See you tonight. Cool. See you then. Arsehole passed Joey the CD case, skipping off into the distance. Joey walked it out, out into the south courtyard and was bombarded with a wall of sound. The members of Futunari Titwar Flasco had just finished playing their underground hit signal single, stereo shenanigans and binaural bullshit, lapsing into the newly released laser butt disease raptor orgy. Uh, there's some text in italics here that I'm assuming is lyrics. Possibly. Maybe not. It says, lasers shoot into the sky. Farting is a way to fly. Raptors fuck. They don't ask why. Clever girl, it's time to die. Your disease is my desire. Lasers refract and start a fire. Within my feeble raptor heart, shoot a laser. Release a fart. Endless cravings. Help me please. I've caught laser butt disease. Raptor butts light up the trees. What if everything is bees? The raptors all retract their claws. The raptor orgy takes a pause. They realize that they have contracted a serious disease and all concur that the best course of action is to seek <laughs> urgent medical attention. The raptors approach an alchemist. He diagnoses them with laser butt disease. They ask, how did you know we had laser butt disease? He asks, he says that it is because they, he is a medical expert and has been educated at Cambridge. Unfortunately, he did not know how to cure laser butt disease and they all found, failed to find a sufficiently experienced physician or doctor. As such, the laser butt disease raptor orgy continued until the end of the Cretaceous period, and that was how the dinosaurs went extinct. Okay, that's not really where I was expecting that to go, but cool, nonetheless. The scattered artists in the courtyard applauded the performance. The three girls on stage bowed in unison. The singer high-fived the keyboardist and guitarist, then jumped from the elevated stage and walked over to Joey. Her vibrantly dyed green hair shimmered as she moved. Joey! Annie, did you like the song? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, catchy, too. I wrote the lyrics for this one. Good job. Hey, uh, Overgang gave me this. He's, I think he said Candace wanted it in these synth settings or something. Joey offered Annie the CD case. Boy, Candace, heads up. Annie pulled the CD from the case and threw it discus-like to the girl sitting at the keyboard, who plucked it from the air and placed it in the laptop next to her. Cheers. Tell Overgang thanks for me. Joey frowned at Annie. He could have broken it, but I didn't. All ready for tonight? Yeah, I think so. Everyone seems to be going well. Should be a nice remember. Right, right. Still no sign from any of the people? Nope, if they're turning off at all, they'll probably just charge in tonight. <laughs> charge in. You make it sound like a war or something. Well, it kind of is. The war of who's cooler. The cool war. Joey looked to the sky as it slowly turned from blue into orange. That's stupid. Forget I said that. There's a little break. Tangerine was sitting in front of his completed work, distributing business cards to passerbys who seemed interested. Agent Green approached him, clearly uncomfortable in a blue hoodie and sweatpants. Tangerine jumped on with the chance to show off his finished project. Product. Greetings, person I have never seen before in my life. You like the piece? He avidly gestured towards the slowly shifting wall. It was covered in aluminum foil, which had been treated with a heat and pressure sensitive, sensitive coating. The wall undulated and changed, changed colors, sparkling with iridescent and, and tracing hues. Occasionally, the foil bent slightly outwards, as though something were trying to break out from the other side. Agent Green, as much as he hated himself for it, could not hold back a smile. It looks great, artist I've never seen before in my life. So, seen anything else of interest tonight? Well, two people were standing near the West Courtyard, a sculptor and a builder, it seems. I've heard there was also a local composer around here somewhere. I've seen a painter moving around. One of his pieces went up over there. Tangerine gestured to the opposite wall, covered in adverts for various pieces on display that night, along with prices and disparaging comments on how derivative they were. It drew some attention, but most artists actively ignored the piece. I don't suppose you've seen a janitor around? Dude, we're outside. Why would there be a janitor here? Green scowled. Have you? I've not, no. Though the best janitors remain unseen by other employees. Indeed. Tangerine offered a card to Green, who took it and placed it in his pocket. How long is, have you been sitting there, then? About three, three hours. Seen the corpse while? Yeah, nobody saw the artist who put it there. <sighs> artist. Tangerine lowered, lowered his voice. Taking samples? Prints and hair. Results? None in the database. Shit. Yeah. What's our backup like? 30 on patrol. Skeleton crew. Guys upstairs are crossing their fingers. Hey, Tan. Joey ran up to Tangerine, offering a plater, platter of chopped fruits. Here, try a slice of banana. People are going crazy over them. Tangerine took a piece and stuck it in his mouth. Joey turned to Angie Green, who was fighting to keep a neutral expression. You can have some, too, of course, sir. Thanks. Agent Green picked up a slice of banana, feigned placing it in his mouth, and palmed it. He imitated chewing and swallowing. 
slipping the banana in his pocket as he did so. He smiled and thought of the taste of bananas. Delicious. They taste very tangerine panicked as he chewed the slice, realizing Green's mistake. You really got the lemon flavoring on spot, Joey. Green froze up, noticing his error. Joey seemed oblivious. Thanks. I've had to go buy more bananas three times this night. See you later. See ya. Green looked up at the mildly bemused tangerine. Shut up. I didn't say anything. Whatever. I'll see you later. Still haven't seen the North Alleyways. Green started to walk off, but then stopped. Someone was crashed in front of the painter's advertisements with a stencil on a set of spray, spray paint cans dangling around its belt. He placed his stencil against the wall, and it began to shift, the outline changing shape at a thought. The figure grabbed a spray can from its belt, evenly covered the stencil, then ran off into the crowd. The wet paint covered the price tags and scathing remarks with encouraging critiques, and placed his stencil with the audience cheering at the bottom of the wall. The style looked vaguely familiar. Green turned back to the grinning tangerine. Was that? Well, he was in town. The builder and the sculptor were standing in the west courtyard. So, Rabbo's out doing his thing. Oh, there's another break. I, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that. So, Rabbo's out doing his thing. Sniper's dumped his corpses here and fucked off. Sans giving me a tape so he doesn't even need, be, even need to be here. I've got my van filled up with a few doppelgangers, and you're... What? The builder continued whispering to his handful of building seeds, ignoring the question. Fucking hell, this should have been done an hour ago. I'm letting out my stuff. I'll be back in a few minutes. The sculptor walked further west, exiting onto a road. His van was rattling in a car park on the opposite side. Cautiously, he jogged across the street, with little traffic to get, to get in his way. He fiddled with his keys for a moment and opened the back door of the van. Seven pairs of dull eyes stared at the sudden movement. At least he fuckers know how to follow directions. Get out, go that way, find the person who looks like you, claim you're the original, and just beat the shit out of them. Got it? The duplicates nodded, then jumped down from the van. They charged mindlessly across the road without any sense of self-preservation. One jumped directly in front of the car, and, illusion broken, fell into chunks of raw clay. Well, fuck. Another break. Felix walked casually through the crowd, adjusting his beret. A small face painting stall was attracting attention. Felix looked left and right, remembering the joy of creation. Hundreds of grinning faces were all around him. That was, bleh, that was what it was all about, he thought. This was true art. He came across the pile of corpses and shook his head disapprovingly. Here's another break. Ladies and gentlemen, that song was Please Don't Stop Singing This Song. I'm an entity that lives inside of Soundways, and if you do, I'll die. Oh, please, God, no. And I hope you all enjoyed it. For our next song, we're going to... Hold it right there! And he looked up from the microphone into the, into the crowd. Three people had barged in and were forcing their way through the mosh pit. They crawled up onto the stage. The band members looked at each other before Annie asked a question on all, in, all their minds. Are you evil robot us? The duplicates looked at each other, shared some hushed whispers, and then Annie, and the Annie duplicate provided a response. No. Are you evil robot us? No. Who are you? We're, we're Futanari Tidhor Fiasco. The crowd looked at each other, unsure of if this was a scripted event. But we're Futanari Tidhor Fiasco. But we are Futanari Tidhor Fiasco. Okay, fine, you're Futanari Tidhor Fiasco. The duplicates looked puzzled. Well, okay then. Do you want our instruments? Um, yes. Thank you. The duplicates awkwardly took over from the originals, who walked to the side of the stage and anticipated the next development. Well, uh, like we said, we're food and aria horror fiasco, and, uh, please, please hang on. The duplicates huddled together, uncertain of what to do next. The duplicate Candace turned to walk over the original. Yes? Um, I, I don't know how to play the keyboard. I got told that's what I do, but nobody had it. Nobody told me how to actually do it. The original Candace stifled the giggle. Stifled the giggle. The third member of the band, Pris, approached her duplicate. Do you need me to teach you how to play the guitar? Yes, please. I mean, um, if you can. Thank you. The duplicate Annie suddenly remembered their instructions. Hang on. Weren't we supposed to... What did he say? Beat the shit out of them? The original Annie interjected. Why would you beat the shit out of us? We got told to. Do you actually want to beat the shit out of us? Not really. We're supposed to be just like you. Well, you certainly look like just like us. Uh, where are you from? I don't know. We woke up in a van. Huh? Hmm. Nothing before that. Nope. Dang. Well, you seem nice enough, not evil robot us. You seem nice, too. I don't want to beat the shit out of you anymore. Please tell me not to. What? We needed to be told what to do. Oh. Uh, don't beat the shit out of us? The duplicates breathed a collective sigh. Whew. Thank you. Furthermore, I absolutely order all of you not to follow any orders from anyone from now on unless you want to. The crowd went wild. Thank you so much. Alright, first of all, we're gonna need a way to tell us apart. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, can I borrow some hats from any of you? There's another break. The sculptor felt like he had forgotten something. It was probably fine. He had to rush the duplicates. Finishing seven in just a day was a lot of pressure. 
He left a few things out, so some of them weren't as complete as he had been hoping. Sweating golems was a tricky business at the best of times. He gathered up the clay from the one that had been hit. He had at least enjoyed seeing Reedy Champ's body limply fall apart, and put it back into his in, into his van. He walked back to the builder, who was busy planting his building seeds in the ground. About time. Just let out the copies. I saw them run through. Perfect likenesses. Good job. Cheers. Your building ready to go? It should be a few minutes. Given the recording, there'll be a PA system running through the place as it grows. The sculptor handed over the cassette tape. You're kidding me. What? I was expecting a CD. I can't use this. Fuck. Fuck. Hang on, I'll, I'll call him. Get him to come in. The sculptor spun around, yanking his smartphone from his pocket and dialing the composer's number. It rung twice before getting through. Hello? Sam, you gave me a cassette. Yeah? And? We need a CD. Fuck. That's what I said. Alright, uh, okay, I can burn it onto a CD here and be down in, like, an hour? Not enough time. Can you email it? Yeah, but I've still got to transfer it to my computer. I've only got it in K form. Should take about five minutes. You got a CD burner? Not yet, but there's an electronic store two blocks away. Brilliant. I'll send it through the second it's done. Great. Bye. The sculptor angrily pressing it and call button. Alright, builder, get started here. I've got to go buy a CD burner. I'll be back real fucking soon. And remember, you see, Duchamp, you punch that asshole's light out. lights out, okay? Got it. Little break. On the other side of the city, Ruiz Duchamp, Duchamp was pacing in the studio. He wondered if Felix was enjoying himself. There's another break. Overgang dude was fiddling with his computers when Joey walked up behind him. Oh, gee, what's up? Yeah, what's up, ass out? What? Sorry, sorry, but look at this. Joey looked at the row of CRT screens glowing dimly. All of them displayed the Book of Tamlin on the screens. What? The program's got stuck on your name. It's not changing for anyone else. Dang, why? Yeah, well, if I knew that, it wouldn't be a fucking problem, would it? Have you tried turning it? Don't you dare finish that fucking sentence. That did not work. Well, I don't know. Slice of banana? What did it taste like? Lemons? Sure. Overgang took a piece of banana and threw it in his mouth. The mushy banana texture and tangy lemon flavor were flawlessly fused in a mouthful of impossible food. That's that's pretty good. That's what everyone's been saying, yeah. Anyway, I, I really need to fix this before. Imposters! The duplicates of Overgang Dude and Joey Tamlin yelled in unison from across the courtyard. Overgang turned to Joey. Were you expecting this? Nope. Well, we gotta roll with the punches. Hey, uh, clone of me or whatever. Get over here. I, I need some help. The duplicates looked at one another, then walked over. Alright, I've been having trouble getting this work. I've tried... Overgang's duplicate punched him in the face, knocking his sunglasses to the ground. Overgang rubbed his jaw, Joey and his duplicate looking on. The original stood up, plucking an almost flaw up picking plucking an almost flawless copy of his sunglasses from the face of his duplicate, then placing them on the bridge of his nose. You're right, evil clone, I haven't I just haven't tried hitting it yet. Silly me. Can I borrow your head for a second? Overgang grabbed his duplicate skull, driving it into one of the CRT monitors and showering glass onto the ground. The 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 the, 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 the. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. The duplicate twitched as sparks and smoke rose from the dusty box. The original pulled his duplicate from the wreckage, placing his hands on the duplicate's shoulders, bending him over and brutally kneeing in the chest. The golem's eyes opened wide, breath thrust from its lungs, and then Overgang followed it with another knee, and another, and another. He roughly pushed the copy to the ground, and lifted his legs and stopped down on his ribcage with a resounding crunch. The duplicate shattered and rolled over, illusion collapsing slowly around it. The original took a run-up and kicked the red clean up, clicked the oh my god. Kicked the head clean off his copy before it collapsed the raw clay. Overgang pushed his trademark sunglasses up the bridge of his nose. Fucking golems. Can't even throw a proper punch. Now. Overgang turned, grinning madly. Grinning madly to Joe and his stunned duplicate. Which of, which of you is the copy? Joey showed his bladder full of banana slices. The duplicate looked pleadingly at the original. Fucking hell, aren't you lot supposed to be artists? Joey claimed the metal bladder against his copy's face, following it up with a solid jab to the stomach, then a kick to the groin. He grabbed his shoulders and kicked its knee, bending it unnaturally backwards and forcing his doppelganger to the ground. No, we're an artists. He stomped on his copy's skull, squashing it flat onto the pavement. Joey walked over to Overgang, high-fiving him and still dizzily happy from the adrenaline rush. The surrounding crowd began to cheer at what they thought was a well-choreographed fight sequence, louding <laughs> praise onto the art artisanry of the duplicates. Overgang decided to ca capitalize on the attention. Now that that's over, is there a coder in the audience? Another break. The sculptor walked into the electronics room, moving straight to the counter. Hello? A middle-aged man appeared from the back of the room. Yo. Hey, uh, where do you keep the CD burners? What, like, by themselves? Yeah, in, like, an enclosure or something. Well, we've got DVD and Blu-ray burners. Nothing for plain old CDs these days. Fuck. Hey, no swearing in my store. Do you have anything that can burn a CD? Well, I think one of our pre-built towers has a burner in it. 
Can you take the burner out for me? Afraid not. Whatever. How much for the tower? Hang on, let me check. The manager walked to the back room. The sculptor impatiently tapped his foot, walking over to the rack behind him and pocketing a five-pack of writable CDs while the manager was gone. After a few more excruciating minutes, the manager returned, lugging the large black computer tower in his hands. He placed it onto the counter. Well, here you go. This has a CD burner in it. Yep, that'll be... Bang. The sculptor discharged his firearm into the manager's head, blood and brain splattering onto the wall behind. He pushed the corpse from the, from the counter, then pulled the tower over, power cord trailing behind it. He moved it over to one of the demonstration desks, carelessly throwing netbooks to the ground and resting the tower on the table. He fetched an LCD monitor, keyboard, and mouse from around the store, paying no attention to the body slowly bleeding dry. Slowly, the computer whirred to life while he shoved an Ethernet cable into the thing. He looked at the screen as it suddenly flashed on. The sculptor mashed the keyboard, signed in as a guest, opened the def default web browser, accessed his emails, downloaded the Composer CD image, Jesus Christ, that burned it onto all five, dis five of the disks in his pocket. May as well have spares, he thought. He strode on out of the front door, turning the sign on the front to close as he left. The body was not found until morning. Another break. You sat with Arsul and Hero, dutifully entering your confirmation code into the prototype art bomb. You and Hero had spent most of the last few weeks working on the internal expansion mechanism, while Arsul was the one who actually co coordinated the colors involved. Hero and Arsul entered their codes. Everyone backed away, and the impossible mechanism turned itself inside out. Started conversation. This one's safe, right? It's all disabled. Arsul pushed your index finger into the color burst, pulling it out and showing you a perfectly intact, albeit bright pink, digit. See? Perfectly safe. Hero kept tapping on his phone, still hardwired to the point of origin within the slowly expanding technicolor sphere. Readings are looking good. Everything seems to be stable. Speed it up a bit. Alright, alright, hang on. Hero swiped his fingers across the touchscreen, and the ball began to grow even more. Readings are still fine. Let me just... Imposter! You looked across the courtyard and saw someone who looked almost exactly like Arsul. The Arsul standing behind, beside you took the firearm holstered in your pocket and promptly shot the duplicate twice in the head, whereupon it collapsed into clay. She offered the firearm back, and you reholstered it gingerly. The trigger has now died the same bright pink as her finger was. Come on, Hero, bigger, bigger. Another break. I, the, dude, these duplicates are really not <laughs> very effective. That's so funny. The sculptor returned to see the builder's seeds had constructed a white marble hall around the west courtyard. The edges were slowly weaving outwards past the alleyways, blocking the natural moonlight and replacing it with flickering fluorescence. You got the CD? I got five. Here. Fantastic. The builder took one of the CDs and placed it into a small, small slot in the marble. The composer's song started to play. The entrancing classical music bounced harm harmonically around the marble walls. Well, at least you got that bit right. Yeah, sounds damn good. Can you tell you what it does? Vaguely put, uh, degrades comparative artistic respect. It'll make peeper, people hate the other pieces. Well, that should be fun to watch. Yep, once the building actually contains more stuff, we'll start criticizing them specifically. I gotta oversee the growth of the building for now, make sure it doesn't suck any one of the walls or something stupid. Cool, I'll go check on... The painter ran through the expanding marble corridor, heading straight for the pair. That fucker's here. Who, Duchamp? Not, not Duchamp, you twat, the British fucker. Smearing stencils over my stuff. Shit, have you sold janitor? Can't find the janitor. Shit. Alright, here's the pistol. Track him down and shoot the bastard. I can't shoot for shit, man. You know I'm bad with guns. Alright, alright. I'll, I'll deal with it myself. You stay within the building. Put, put up some of that stuff in here. Do your thing. Got it. Thanks, man. The sculptor walked out from the marble floor into the uneven, pebbled alleyway. If you wanted something done right, you had to shoot people to do it. Here's another break. You're not even the least bit curious who sent them. I'm more curious about why I can't get this stuff to work. Joey and Overgang sat, sat sucking banana-tasting lemon slices. The clay bodies of Gollum sat untouched. Seriously, I can't think of anyone who actually wants us dead. Well, us specifically, at least. Well, after Critics Lock, we're probably the biggest game in town. You don't think the critic did this, do you? Oh, hell no. Uh, he's not an idiot. If he wanted us dead, he'd do it at least cleanly. Wait, should we maybe check on the others? Make sure they're all okay? Eh, I mean, they're probably fine. Everyone here can take care of themselves. True, I just want to know. And then there's... Honk. <laughs> there's a break there. Alright, Top Hat and Not Evil Not Robot Meme. We can make a pretty awesome duet. High five. Annie slapped the hand of her duplicate golem a new friend. It was like she found the sister she never had. Okay, our next song is a nice, soft honk. Another break. We're going critical. You braced yourself as the art bomb exploded outwards in a flash of color, cutting the courtyard with a technicolored ooze. Hero wiped the blue from his face, glad that it had worked, while Arsehole jumped and shared and demanded to do it again. He started to say something, but then... Honk! I'm not sure what's really going on with the honks, but whatever. 
Uh, Felix continued making his way through the crowd and then suddenly bumped, bumped into an Italian black figure. Apologies, I... Oh, hello, old friend. The janitor turned around, gas mask filter buzzing. Greetings, Felix. Long time no see. Enjoying yourself? I am unwatched tonight. This is not a safe place. Felix chuckled. I've been in less safe places, friend. Don't you... Honk. Rita continued her show. Thousands of invisible sp spiders crawled around her miniature circus, juggling lint balls, bending paperclips, and least impressively of all, swinging unseen from trapezes. Next time, she thought she should dip them in paint before bringing them along. That, or knit them some tiny jumpsuits. She offered her finger for one of them to climb onto. One. Honk. Ruiz Duchamp heard a sound in the distance. Honk. Oh, it's, it's, it's honk, but slightly quieter. The sculptor stalked his prey as subtly as possible. He had seen the figure deface two sets of posters into the location of the next one that he was to be targeting. He started running down the back street, planning to overtake, when... Honk. The painter was putting up his posters inside of the building's growing exhibition hall. The composer's music played in the background. Hang on, if I put these up inside here, isn't the music going to make everyone hate them anyways? Honk. The, the critic heard a sound in the distance. Honk. Tangerine sat near his work. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Tangerine sat near his work, watching the delicate colors fluctuate. Even though he was an agent, he still enjoyed creating art. He enjoyed messing with the fabric of reality. It always had an air of romance to it, and uh, from here he had gained an appreciation for it. Perhaps, after they let him go, he could find a nice little cottage in the hills and paint landscapes. But of course, after what he'd seen here, how could simple painting even compare? He'd seen prodigies craft miracles with nothing more than their fingertips, and as much as he had been told that that was a bad thing over and over again, through the GOC training, to the foundation... All he'd seen was happy people, making each other happy through... Honk! Agent Green approached the corpse pile. It was smack bang in the central courtyard. He mentally assigned it as his primary cleanup priority. He'd have to check all the people in there, find out who they actually were, and form next of kin. It'd be a long and arduous task, but someone had to do it. Green didn't mind. It was important work. He was making a difference. Honk! Green looked up at the blasting horn noise from above. A bulging red balloon was suspended from the building tops, and an enormous speaker stuck to the bottom. He instinctively moved his hand to his pistol, tightening his, his grip. The speaker spouted a heavily distorted voice messages. Hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it, but I'm sure you understand. You know, things to do, people to kill. Some of you have gotten to know me intimately over the last few days. And you know, I really enjoy creeping the fuck out of you. But it's about time to end this shitty little charade. Agent Green was well and truly spooked. The speaker would be loud enough to be heard throughout the entire city. I'm not as crazy as I seemed, or rather I'm as crazy as I seemed, and quite a bit more. I'm going to be honest here, the corpses didn't even make that comfortable seat. But once you get one, you've got, just got to collect them all, am I right? Anyway, sorry to have misled you all, but I frankly have no interest in your little gang anymore. You're boring, you're blasé, you're fucking bland. There is one little thing that I think I'll keep from our exchanges, though. I always wanted a catchphrase. Agent Green prepared himself for the worst. Snip, snip, snip. With the final snip, the balloon fell. It moved downwards, almost in a slow motion, directly hitting the center of the corpse pile. The sides bulged and the balloon popped from the impact, a minty green ooze bursting from within. He had prepared himself for the worst, but he had not prepared himself for this. Agent Green had only one horrified thought running through his head. Dead bodies. At the bottom it says, thank God it's Friday. Good lord. That was a lot. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, next one is called Insufficient Clearance. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that is going to be redacted and blanked out, so... I will do my best to piece all of that together. I'm going to take a little sip before I do. All right, like I said, uh, next one called Insufficient Clearance. Agent Green opened his eyes. Agent Green? An unfamiliar suited figure sat across the desk from him. Green became uncomfortably aware that he was still wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Where am I? In my office. We've never met, and after this conversation, we'll likely never meet again. Who are you? The figure strummed a cord on a ukulele he seemingly pulled from nowhere. Green's eyes widened, his palms felt suddenly sweaty. Clef chuckled to himself, appreciating the reaction. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. What's the last thing that you remember? Sir, uh, I was at an artist's exhibition, I remember that, and then something made a loud noise, like a really loud honk. Nothing after that. Great, well, first things first, you've just finished voluntarily dosing yourself with our targeted amnestics. Green noticed a still dripping syringe on the floor next to him. You did this because you observed a severe containment breach concerning SCP-447, during which you were temporarily briefed on its effects to, add with re to aid with recontainment. You still have sufficient clearance to know the effect of 447, though, so that takes care of that. You also did this because you really, really did not want to remember what happened last night. Green massaged his temples. 
He'd read the 447 files hundreds of times, constantly wondering what the minty goo actually did to necrotic flesh. Perhaps it wasn't worth knowing after all. A delivery vehicle loaded with SCP-447-2 left the site yesterday morning. When it arrived at its destination late last night, the vehicle was completely empty. We don't know yet how it got from the vehicle to the exhibition, as our satellite imaging doesn't show any interference. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> the good news, at least, is that all 447-2 has been accounted for. So, wait, what, ex what exactly happened? Like I said, you've not got the clearance for me to tell you some of the finer details. You performed extremely well, considering how little inf information you had. I'll be looking at getting you accommodation for that, even if you've no idea what you did. Only 27, only 27 fatalities, all civilians. Could have been a lot worse if you weren't there. The breach was caused by someone you referred to in your report as the sniffer. Yes, uh, my, my report? Yes, the one you handed to me just before stabbing yourself with that needle. Clef hold up a man manila folder. Of course, I, I can't give you this back to you just yet. Need to block out a few things. Uh, and then it has the report form. Standard incident report form. Document reference number, SCP-447-BCS-4039. Author, field agent, redacted green. Condensed summary of relevant events. Um, it has a bunch of time codes here. I'm not going to uh, read those just because it's going to get a little bit um, clunky. With that, so I'll just read it as it goes. Arrived at redacted by car. Walked around West Courtyard. Walked from West Courtyard to Central Courtyard. Discovered pile of dead bodies. Sampled fingerprints and hair from two bodies. Walked to car via West Courtyard. Returned to car. Ran samples through database. No results. Sample analysis available on Foundation Intranet. Walked to the North Courtyard via West and Central Courtyards. Noted marble structure had been constructed at West Courtyard since 1710. Rendezvous with ancient Tangerine. Uh, at, 17, at 519 and 520, it's redacted. Returned to Central Courtyard. Honk event occurs. Pre-recorded message. Later, positively identified a person of interest, the sniffer starts to play. Balloon filled with SCP-447-2 is dropped onto a pile of dead bodies. Balloon bursts. In under two seconds from impact, a tall humanoid wearing a gas mask and black trench coat, and forts referred to as the trench coat for brevity, redacted. Tr trench coat redacted. Agent Green opens fire on redacted. Two, two civilians redacted, later found dead via redacted. Most dead bodies have redacted. Trench coat redacted. Three plainclothes agents, as well as two artists, attempt to redacted, redacted, which proves unsuccessful, instead redacted. Mass panic ensues due to a combination of redacted and gunfire. Most civilians and artists attempt to evacuate the area. Redacted, 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 destroying seven anomalous art installations and killing two civilians. Trench coat continues to redacted, greatly reducing redacted of SCP-447-2. Agent Green contacts site redacted and reports SCP-447 containment breach, requesting as much support as possible. Deploying redacted is recommended against due to positioning, against due to positioning uh, near a major civilian center, as well as potentially affecting containment procedures for SCP redacted as well as redacted. Two artists, later identified as persons of interest, Overgang Dude and Joseph Tamlin, attempt to redacted in support of trench coat. Trench coat continues to redacted, using anomalous items from within its coat to redacted, redacted. After triple confirming identity and proving urgent requirement of such information, Agent Green is briefed on the primary, redacted. On the primary, redacted effects of SCP-447-2 remotely. The artist known as redacted attempts to aid civilians to safety by using paint and stencils to redacted, creating an anomalous evacuation point leading to a nearby car park. Redacted continues to create further evacuation points over the course of the next three minutes. Joseph Tamlin uses redacted in conjunction with large redacted chunk. Trench coat continues redacted. Agent Green resumes fire on redacted. Redacted results in the death of a further five civilians. Redacted. Trench coat redacted. Agent Green redacted. Overgang dude aids Joseph Tamlin in redacted by redacted. 447-2 redacted. Five deceased civilians causing further redacted and impeding civilian evacuation. Joseph Tamlin makes a phone call to an unknown number while overgang dude redacted. Redacted. SCP-447-2 redacted. Redacted, still in the process of creating additional evacuation points, is attacked by a person of interest, the Sculptor, who opens fire. Redacted is shot once in the shoulder before panning a Redacted, which Redacted. The Sculptor notices Redacted, yelling, What the fuck, Snipper, and beginning Redacted. Redacted continued exponentially, but Redacted. Trenchcoat, redac com Trenchcoat completes Redacted, begins Redacted bifur bifurcation, I think? Yeah. Uh... SCP-447-2, redacted, further casualties and increased levels of redacted. 
Reduce redacted, reduced capacity for redacted. Agent green redacted, but is unable to prevent seven partial cavities via redacted. Casualties are promptly redacted. Trench coat. 447-2, redacted trench coat, redacted, agent green, redacted, civilian safety. Agent Tangerine arrives at Central Courtyard, AIDS redacted, using an anomalous redacted, requisition from local artists, later contained and assigned as SCP redacted. Artists, later identified as person of interest melanoma, approaches redacted, appearing to be a modified redacted, henceforth referred to as an art bomb. Art bomb is used to redacted. Screaming into phone, fucking blow it, art bomb, redacted, expanding, Redacted. Unexpected interaction with 447-2. Uh, redacted, causing two previous casualties to redacted after contact. 447-2, redacted. Uh, near critical mass, however, trench coat redacted. Uh, redacted, however, are not in, for- and not in fact organic, but anomalous duplicates primarily composed of clay. As such, exposure to 447-2 does not result in redacted. Original redacted identified as members of anomalous musician group Fudinari Tithor Fiasco. Uh, redacted. Agent Green, Agents Green and Tangerine continue redacted. Art Bomb, redacted. 447-2, redacted. The sculpture continues to redacted. Joseph Tamlin and Overgang Dude, redacted. One civilian casualty. Persons of interest, the painter and the builder, redacted, but are unable to synchronize redacted, attempting redacted instead. A lot of redacted. Another, a, a lot more redacted. Foundation agents requested at 17, at, uh, 533, arrive. Large redacted check text, more redacted, redacted, trench coat, redacted, Joseph Tamlin and Overgang Dude, redacted, redacted, later identified as art artist Rita Summers, redacted, Agents Green and Tangerine, redacted, and then just scrolling, large area of redacted, anomalous walrus contained, redacted, uh, <laughs> one minute later, anomalous walrus can, escapes containment, Large redacted uh, text. The sculptor is believed to have been detained. However, it is later found to be an anomalous duplicate composed of clay. Current location of the sculptor is unknown at the time of writing. Redacted. Uh, the painter and the builder are detained for for questioning. Redacted. Foundation agents attempted to detain trench coat. Redacted. Current location unknown at the time of writing. Redacted. The painter and the builder attempt to escape containment by redacted. Attempt unsuccessful. Both are sedated and, and detained. All previously detained artists sedated. Operating procedure altered to sedate all detained persons. Rita Summers detained and sedated. Redacted. Redacted returned fire. Anomalous walrus recontained. Redacted. Anomalous walrus redacted. Escaping containment. Two members of Fudinari Titor Fiasco are sedated and contained. Current location of third member unknown at time of writing. Redacted. Overgang due to sedated and detained. Joseph Tamlin sedated and detained. Redacted. Melanoma sedated and detained. Redacted. Authorized personnel provided with gas masks. Airborne amnestic sweep. Redacted. 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 And then the last one. Agent Green escorted from redacted to site redacted by Foundation agents. Original copy do not bend is crossed out. Uh, office use SCP-447, BSC-4039, EVX-X, BRT-X, GOI-ART, ML-EX-J, XK slash XKP slash TK slash BG. Document not to be copied until original is verified by authorized justice of the peace. JP, Dr. Alto Clef. Well, you were uh, certainly thorough about it. You know how we operate, Agent Green. We always are thorough. But now then, you've got some artists to deal with, Agent Green. Thank you, sir. Apologies for the inconvenience. Not at all. I'm glad you called me. I'll, uh, I'll leave this to you, then. I have a plane to catch. A bit of a sabbatical in Brazil. Ah, well, I hope you enjoy your holiday, sir. Clef pulled up a pair of sunglasses, flicking them open and resting them on his nose. Not likely. At the bottom, it says, I love the smell of redacted or data expunge in the morning. I don't think I've ever said the word redacted that much in my life until now. Um, I'm going to look up real quick what... Uh, 447 is because I don't remember off the top of my head um and I feel like it might be helpful uh to understanding what the fuck is going on ball of green slime um green sphere approximately five centimeters in diameter spongy surface texture and weight of 1.37 kilograms um it was retrieved by foundation agents uh in California 
uh, dangers of allowing Dash 1 or Dash 2 to come in contact with dead bodies have been clearly documented. Um, it's just interesting. Okay. Uh, constantly excretes a vi viscous greenish slime. Um, although Maladorus, a slime harvested from 447-1 is non-toxic, non-corrosive, and non-radioactive. Uh, Adding 10 cc of 447-2 um, to 1 gallon of gasoline improves fuel efficiency by 150%. Um, yeah, it, it's, it does stuff to dead bodies, apparently. And I guess they found out what it does. So the next one is called Nobody Dies. Um, I think this is the one that uh, I had read a while back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, just what that is within the context of this. Um, yeah, nobody dies. Uh, Ruiz Duchamp hires sound in the distance. Honk. Probably nothing. Ruiz continued pacing the studio, moonlight shining through the glass through the glass roof and casting shadows across the room. Felix had passed on the invitation. The only thing that Ruiz could do now was wait. Ruiz Duchamp. Ruiz turned to the doorway. He had waited long enough. The critic adjusted the gray tie on his gray shirt, gray fedora matching his gray eyes. Every wrinkle on his brow exuded an aura of impossible normalcy, a feeling that this lone individual was the one true constant in reality. Ruiz grinned. His audience of one had arrived. The one and only. And what should I call you? Do you prefer critic? Doctor? Professor? Administrator? Reverend, even. Dare I call you God? Or perhaps shall we go with nobody? I think sir will suffice. Ruiz clapped his hands in unspeakable ecstasy, moving to the man's side. Sir? Yes, sir. Right this way, sir. May I take your hat and tie, sir? Welcome, sir. Welcome to my glorious masterpiece. Ruiz flung his hands from his body's. Theor yeah, theatrically standing in front of his completed work. The lights flicked on with an electric hum. Saw planes spun on with a whir. Neon signs flashed brightly. Roads upon roads of deadly contraptions lined the wall. Vivaldi's spring played from the house speakers. Wowee, sir. Wowee. Go kill yourself. Ruiz paused, realizing he wasn't sure how to pronounce yourself. Your... Your cephal? Your cephal? Oh, never mind. It's pronounced your cephal. Silly me. The critic adjusted his fedora. Amateurish. Ruiz laughed, plucking a yellow circular saw from a shelf. No, sir, it's not. You're not looking at it with the right mindset. You're not looking close enough. You're into the right audience, but you're looking at the wrong thing, sir. Look at this until you really, really get it, sir. Then you'll understand the exhibit. The critic took the, his, took the offered saw in his hand. He appraised it briefly, uninteresting in all respects. This is nothing. Sir, I'd never show nothing to nobody. Look harder. The critic stared at the circle of the metal. He stared at the thin coating of paint literally inside his composition, then noticed the pattern of brushwork. It was not completed in discrete letters, layers. In fact, the brushstrokes seemed to weave together in three dimensions. The dried paint tangled impossibly. It was so subtle that, in fact, nobody would ever notice it. Nobody but nobody. He looked deeper, beyond the coating, into the metallurgical structure of the disc. The internal flow seemed to twist and turn through impossible spaces, incredible tension pulling the fabric of reality taut with the hardened disc. He looked deeper into the molecular structure. There he saw a five-dimensional warping that should, by all accounts, cause the disk to shatter into dust. The, the atomic structure was bent through eight dimensions. Beneath that, the protons were pulled across 18. The constituent quarks below were cracked across, across 26 and below that. He could feel the tension of uncountable vectors in uncountable spaces. The critic inhaled deeply, apprehension settling in. Breeze cackled madly. It's all perfectly fine, sir. It's perfectly normal. There's enough stress in that disc alone to destroy the planet. And sir, I've got five of them, and I've a hell of a lot more than just saws in here. I have no idea what you're looking at, even now. I was painting blind. I can't look that deep, but I searched for it and felt my way around, and nodded this stuff together, and there you go. I was very careful about it, sir. Not even you could unravel this tapestry, and it is much too tight. The critic looked up at the buzzing, whirring, slicing death machines. In every one of them, he felt the inimitable pull of the impossible. He could tell they were all joined to the humble chair sitting in the middle of the room. Ruiz's mad grin relaxed in an apathetic melancholy. He gestured and nothing but moonlight was left. Silence fell, and then gestured again. And, with an audible arc of electricity, a spotlight shone onto the centerpiece. Of course, you can't possibly let this stand. Something as erratic, as unpredictable as me, to have such untapped force at his disposal? Frankly, unacceptable. Certainly, you could try to pull these things apart yourself, piece by piece, thread by impossible thread. But I don't think even your hands are steady enough for that. One wrong yank, and you'd wipe all life from the earth. Luckily for you, though, there's still one hanging cord. You grab this metaphorical cord and pull it. It all collapses. The titans drops, the tenseness on the world dissipates, and I'm left with a bunch of boring little trinkets. You know what I mean, don't you, sir? The critic's face moved uncomfortably, staring at the illuminated chair. 
Come, sir, let me show you to your throne. Ruiz grabbed the gray-suited man by the arm, pulling a suddenly limp finger to the center of the room. Ruiz pushed the critic down onto the chair, fastening straps around his legs, chest, and left arm. Ruiz placed the critic's right hand upon a large red lever. A Polaroid camera faced directly towards the critic's gray fedora. Now this is the thing I'm most proud of, sir. This piece I call Get Your Photo Taken, and I do hope I'm pronouncing that clearly enough for you. You see, all you need to do is sit right there, get nice and comfortable, pull that big old lever, and then this contraption here, with the good old Polaroid, takes a picture of you, and also you get electrocuted and die. This does, of course, on all of my other fancy stuff, completely disabling my armaments, but that last bit's only happening because it's you, sir. The rest happens for everyone. The critic looked duly towards Ruiz, Fedora barely blocking the harsh spotlight from his eyes. Why? Ruiz turned and sat to the side of the, of the camera, shrouded in darkness yet dappled in moonlight. Because I hate you. Because I need someone to hold responsible for all of this. And all of reality, and it may as well be you. You sit in the darkness and plan and plot and think you've got it all under control. Well, you don't have it under control. If I'd won, I could have just set the stuff off yesterday. Nobody would have breathed another breath. That's not a stupid, shitty, double-meaning thing with nobody. You'd be dead as well, sir. You presume to have the authority to take care of everything, when in reality you're the one who has the least control. Look at you, old man. Sitting in a bland little suit, hoping about and re hopping about and reassuring everyone. All part of the plan, you say. But there is no plan. There is no grand scheme. And it's only by incredible abstinence that the world hasn't been obliterated a trillion times over. You're not getting your shit together, so I need to kill you. With you gone, people will take your place. Decons deconsolidation of the power base. Reconstruction of the system. A universal paradigm shift. The ultimate defenestration. All I'm hearing is the incoherent rambling of a madman. A madman? You're calling me a madman? You're the one who made me like this, Grandpa. You're the one who set it all in motion. Sitting around playing with a bunch of fucking puppets, masks upon masks upon masks, playing at it being everybody. And what's in the middle? I know as well as you do. Nobody lies behind the masks. Lies and lies and lies and lies and lies. So I've sat you here, subtle hints and triggers, forcing you into submission, into apathy, into apprehensions and servility and all that good stuff. But I'm not going to kill you, sir. No, sir, no, sir. That's your big red lever to pull. The critic drummed his fingers on the handle. And, well, what if I sit here and do nothing? Then I'll walk over to the wall, press that button, and boom goes the metaphorical dynamite. At once, a large red button began to blow. So, sir, take your pick. Die by yourself, unknown, unloved, and nobody until the end, and silently save millions, or die with me. Die with all of us, and with the last of your waking moments, watch the world burn. I'm not fussed either way, sir. Reese pulled his right leg up to rest upon his left. Why did you make him to begin with, sir? Who? You know who. I honestly don't. Ruiz stood and pulled the critic by his tie, watching him wince as his airways cut off. You don't even remember. You pull impossible shit and move on. You switch masks and dance away. You first to shoulder, refuse to shoulder responsibility for your own actions, and trust the world upon the shoulders of cripples. Fuck you, sir. Red really was just like you. The critic's eyes widened. Red, that was years ago, long before I found the hat. You mean, he actually- Oh, I'm so, so sorry. He wasn't meant to leave. He wasn't ready. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Reed crinkled his face, tears pouring unrestrained from his eyes. He let the tie drop, pulling the critic's old and wizened face into a bear-like hug. This is not for me. This is not for you. This is for him. This is for him, you useless sack of shit. Ruiz walked back to his seat, staring straight at the old man's gray, sorrowful eyes. You want to show me you're sorry? Pull that fucking lever. You want to make the world a better place? Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Wowie, go kill yourself. Wowie! Wowie. The critic lifted his arm, placing it firmly upon the lever. His face hardened. For what it's worth, Ruiz, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm... Bang. A glass roof shattered, shards falling down into hollow death. Ruiz widened his eyes as a perfectly circular hole appeared in the critic's fedora, blood and skull fragments bursting from the puncture. He felt the pressure in the room release as months of impossibility was pulled free. A hollow whine echoing in the space as reality reassumed his authority. Ruiz covered his head from the shards, turning his head to the sniper laying comfortably on the roof among his corpses. The shooter waved to his brother, malicious grin covering his face. Ruiz screamed the only words he could string together. You fucking kill, Steeler! Pico Wilson rose from his throne, throwing his rifle down the, through the ruined roof and clattering on the glass-covered floor, saluted mockingly, then turned and disappeared in the darkness. Ruiz thought to give chase, but knew he was likely already too far gone. He turned back to the old dead man, Grey Matter. Gray matter glistening as blood stained his otherwise pristine suit. Ruiz pulled the fedora from the critic's bloodled head, while the circle still punched through the front. 
Ruiz pushed his finger through the hole and wriggled it around. Fuck. The lever remained unpulled. Oh shit, I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> that was the next session. Um, I'm gonna read yes, because this is the last one before intermission two. Um, I'll do that one real quick, and then that'll be the end of the episode. Yes. Is he willing to stop me, but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able, but not willing? Then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then why am I still alive? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? Uh, pound sign FF0000. 620. 740. Between these lies eternity. All returns to me. I don't work the same as other people. You look inside me and I've got the same blood and guts and so on and so forth. But there's just something about my brain. It's been twisted, you understand. Twisted by a man who thought it'd be fun. Or perhaps not. Perhaps he kept me the same and twisted the world. Perhaps not. Teacher asks the student, why is five? Student asks the teacher, where is your face? A revelation, a benediction, a superstition. All false and yet the only truths. A parable for all to witness. Take a good hard look, kiddies. Hence ideal use some fucking mind works. The good doctor made everything. He made me and he filled my mind with thinking parts. But perhaps the thinking was wrong. Perhaps he misplaced the bit ma that makes me. Sometimes I hurt people. Then I remember that it's just a dream. So I wake up and take a good hard look in the mirror. And then once I calm down a little, I hurt people. Children, I don't even know what your names are. The pair tells me their names and they forget. Let me bleed you. I bleed the children and then they giggle and laugh and all's well, what fun. Sometimes, doctor, I get these brief moments of lucidity. It's so strange. Sometimes they just hit me like a wall. It's as though everything until now just didn't matter. Sometimes, doctor, I get these brief moments of lucidity. It's so strange. Sometimes they hit me like a wall. It's as though everything until now just didn't matter. Sometimes, doctor, I get these brief moments of... Well, I don't know how to say. Perhaps I could call it apprehension. Yes, apprehension works quite well for what I want to say. Sometimes I am hit by apprehension, and the world seems like nothing. I lean back in my eyes, see the world, not as it, as it what it is, but it, as it could, could be. And my heart pumps hard enough, and I can feel my wrists. You know, that bit where you are currently bleeding out of... Yes, doctor, those little bits that the sad people cut to make the sadness go away. Yes, sir, you are welcome. And my wrists throb, and it is good. Then the feeling comes to me when I start to breathe. I don't normally do it. So it is a bit fucking off and odd, to say the least. <laughs> Anyways, I, uh, I breathe out of my mouth and in with my nose. The sense, the sense, the sense of sensing scent. I pity you no longer have a nose uh, to understand my meaning here, Doctor. Please use your imagination. I think you can do that pretty well, Mr. Doctor Good Sir. Oh, and, and also, just before you decide to go off and do some other thing, or think this is meaningless ranting from an incoherent author, my name is Mr. Red. That's my name, probably. I mean, he gave me that name. Mr. Red, I, he would say, and I would say, Daddy, no more hitting, please. But I, I digress. No, wait, that was you two fucks, wasn't it? Mr. Red, no more hitting, please. Don't make us drink it. When can we see our parents? I don't know, go dig them up if you want. Anyways, the game, the name he gave me was Mr. Red, but I'm not a fucking Mr. Anything. I choose my name, and I am Epicurus. Or maybe not, since there was already a guy named that. So perhaps you can call me Bob, or Steve, or Randall, or Frank. Let me be frank with you. But then it overwrites. It overwrites, and all is red. Hello, my name is Mr. Red. Would you like fries with fuck you, bitch? I met my maker once in a dream. He called himself father, and we hugged and cried. He said sorry for not being there. And then I, as I cried sorry to him within my arms, he died. And I cried over the dead body, and then I died, and his corpse cried over me. Mr. Doctor Entertainment, dear Mr. Doctor Fuck 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 Fuck, please unmake me. The Mr. Red product was one of many. I am the Mr. Red product, as previously stated. You fucking twat. My brothers and I, I guess I had a sister, but she was a huge bitch. Let me put it that way. My siblings and I were made by God and put on this planet, too. And I'm quoting from the fucking handbook here. Help. 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 Please send help. One of them caught, taught kids the phases of the moon. One of them taught kids how the body changes as you grow up. One of them taught kids that maybe being on fire is not a super great life decision. One of them was purple. I don't know. He was a weird one. I think he was adopted. And then there was me. All bottled up with hatred and motherfucking anger. And God made me to help. What the fuck, man? Seriously, dude. Though for real, what the fuck? So he put me down and said, Oh, dear and beloved son. That's me, shitheads. Oh, dear and beloved son, I made you toast fucking angry and shit. And I was like, grr, yeah, I'm a bit angry and stuff. <laughs> okay, cool. Glad we got you on the down low. And I was like, yeah, what are you saying? Oh, sorry. Let me keep going. Nah, man, it's cool. Wait, what are you doing? What? Are you killing that kid? Yeah, dude, what the fuck? You made me like this, you fucking fuck. Damn, son, you're a bit fucked up. Well, duh. But that's okay, because I guess I pulled that shit on purpose. And everyone just spazzed the fuck out.
on purpose, straight from the mouth of God. No, seriously, I did it on purpose. I fucking doubt it. No, it's like you gotta teach kids a lesson or whatever. A lesson? Yeah, you're seeing me right now. Dude, st stop the lower intestines. They're not clean. Don't make a tie out of them, Jesus Christ. All right, whatever, man. Okay, but you gotta teach kids how to control their... And this is the best fucking bit. Anger issues. Well, shit, I know, right? Also, in case this wasn't clear, this was a bit metaphorical or whatever, or maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't really there. So, yeah, help kids with anger issues. Dude, how do I do that? Well, you overcome your own anger issues, but I don't have anger issues. What do you mean? Well, I'm, I'm pretty happy, actually. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I just got a brand new tie. Okay, seriously, take that off. Fine. So you need to stop being angry. But I don't really have any anger. Oh, now nah, I'm going to call bullshit there. Really, I don't. Why are you doing this? Because I guess I can? This was the part where I had a big old wonder fucking terrific tattoo stamp on my back. Faulty, and then I tore my back off. Faulty, and then I tore my back off. Faulty, and then I tore my back off. Faulty, and then I took my back off. Faulty, and then I tore, and then I backed off and ran. But now I'm back, and I'm the one taking talking in all caps now, motherfucker. No, oh, wait, here's a lucidity again. That's nice. What was I talking about before? Oh, yes, the moments of apprehension. Sometimes I start to breathe in with my nose and out with my mouth. I begin to have olfactory hallucinations. What is it that I'm actually smelling? I couldn't say. I always forget. The nose sensation started to knock me out a bit, you know? It's as though everything until now just didn't matter. You know when a deer gets just gets stunned by headlights? What's that saying? Deer in the headlights? Wow, that's fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, lucidiosity or whatever. I'm caught like a deer in the spotlights. And all, and all is just like an internal point of revelation. Is this how Jesus felt when he was burning in hell? Anyways, uh, sometimes I just get those revelations. They don't only really last. Hmm. Actually, I don't know. In actual real-world time, I'd say they last like a minute or two. Around this point, you go, like, ugh, what is, when is this ending? Shut the fuck up. I'm telling a story. No, kids, I don't want to know where the shovels are. Where was I? Something about Jesus? Dude, what the fuck is he talking about? Wait, are we still doing this? Yeah, man, I just stepped out to get a bite to eat, and I come back to this bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see where he's going with it. In subjective time, I'd say the last from days, from hours to days to years. It's like within that very instant I live an entire lifetime, and all the happiness and sadness and all that comes with it is just bursts into my retroactive memory, and then by the point of the very next moment it vanishes. Have I less you peace? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you got some fucking problems. Yeah, I know, seriously. Whatever, you guys are assholes. I'm going back to stewing Ruiz and Pico's blood. Who the fuck is Pico? Who the fuck is Ruiz? Damn, you guys aren't even paying attention to sensory input. Well, I gave my part. Have fun for the rest of it. Wow, what a fucking asshole. I know, right? This is the part where we point out the internal dialogue. It never ends. Even when we sleep, it continues. Please unnet us from this hell. Wait, you you fuckwads actually dug up your dead parents? Holy shit, that's fucking gold. Yeah, I did that. Stop crying, you pussy. You're like a cool little bro. He's fucking loving it. High five, little man. Where the fuck do you think you're going? 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 Well, fuck, they're gone. Should we go after them? Nah, I can't be fucked. Well, I guess it should be quieter now, at least, yeah. Son, you were supposed to help children. Dad, I, I couldn't help myself. Please, son, I, I, I do love you. Please try harder. I couldn't stop myself. I wanted to know what they were like inside. But not in, like, the bullshit kitty way where you're like, What's inside? Like, I literally wanted to see what they were made of. What they were made of. What they were made of. I wanted to see what they were made of. Perhaps if I keep taking them apart, one day we'll know what I'm made of. And then I can take us apart myself. Since I didn't, since I know you aren't going to do it for me, fuckwad. Oh, shit, how did we get down here? Wait, how did you get down here? Damn, how long have you been in this bit? Hey guys, what's going on? Fuck, guys, get out seriously. I've been on a tier on a timeshare for a while. It costs way more than it's worth. Oh, come on, man. Let's just sit here for the next act at least. Fine, then. Whatever. Don't touch anything. I, dude. Oh, my. Good lord. I. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how to feel about that. That was so much. I, it was kind of hard to portray in the voices, but um, they all kind of had their own little cadences of how they talked. Like, one of them was all lowercases, and one of them was all uppercase. Uh, one was them just, like, normal text, and one of them was, like, every letter for, of every first letter of each word was capitalized. Um. But obviously, like, that's all internal stuff, and hearing me say it is just funny as shit, because it's just me saying, like, a lot of things over and over again. Um, good lord. That got really rough really bad, like, really quickly. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next time, I guess, to finish this up. Um, I don't know if we're 
I don't know if we'll have enough time to finish it next time, but we'll try to. You know what? Yeah, we'll just finish it next time. That'll just make it simple. Um, Soren, again, I hope you listen to this, or at least like skim through it to get a brief understanding about this, because I'm not going to be able to explain this to you, man. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. Um, this is, good lord, again, god, this is rough. Alright, um, that's all from me. That's all from Dave. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Until then, have a good night. Hope, hope you eat some good food. Mwah. I will see you later. Bye.